you can be in New York City and it can take you an hour to get a mile downtown. So to be able to leverage telehealth to get that care to a patient and not have to wait for them to be moved to an appropriate place can be life-saving. I mean, 10 years ago, we didn't have FaceTime. 10 years ago, we didn't text each other 10 times a day. So why should healthcare stay back? This is something that is very powerful. Access, quick turnaround, and follow-up for the patients is at the forefront of this digital healthcare initiative. Telehealth, a digital healthcare initiative to help doctors and frontline caregivers overcome the obstacles of time and distance time and space, if you will, to better serve patients and their loved ones. The voices you heard, Iris Berman, Vice President of Telehealth Services, Dr. Jatinder Gujral, who describes her role as a telehospitalist, and Dr. Purna Prasad, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for Northwell Health. Hi, I'm David North, and this is Health Story. Dr. Prasad has extensive experience working among healthcare providers and innovators, including those in the tech centers of Northern California. He says his colleagues in the East should look north and look forward to employing the here and now ability to be essentially in two places at once. You can actually measure and feel a person through sight, through sound, through hearing, and also through emotion. We've got almost all of them except the touch. And I think we do get a certain amount of emotion when we are doing a face-to-face like the experience we have in TV. But the touch is coming and they're very excited. Sound, vision, and soon touch through the science of haptics, an opportunity to make physical connections with patients by using digital connectivity anytime from virtually anywhere. More with Dr. Prasad in the future. First, A virtual visit for you with Vice President of Telehealth Services and RN, Iris Berman. I spoke with Iris in person at the Command Center for Emergency Medical Services, adjacent to Syosset Hospital. Iris describes practical applications and provides some basic definitions. If you look at the American Telemedicine Association definition, it requires two-way audiovisual equipment to be true telemedicine, and that is that you have to be able to have eyes on the patient. Um, there's associated technology with that, which is two-way audiovisual. Could be a personal, we call it BYOD, or bring your own device world. In our case, in the acute care setting, we're in a hospital where we have um, video equipment, sound equipment in the rooms, but everything's encrypted. That's really important. Skype by itself, unless you're getting medical grade software, is not encrypted. So you have to make sure that it's a program that is HIPAA compliant and can protect the confidentiality. Cameras are just a small piece of the total experience. They go on for three reasons. One is we see something going on with them. Another one is that there's an emergency at the bedside and they have a button they just hit and that gives us an alert and within less than 10 seconds we have the camera on and we are seeing them and they are seeing us and we're having a conversation with the bedside. We've had families hit that button and ask for information. And then the other reason the camera goes on is we do routine rounding where we introduce ourselves where we might be checking ventilator settings, looking at a particular medication drip, looking for what we call best practices. Uh, But the cameras are on briefly. Uh, Every so often we have a patient that wants to engage and talk or we do some education with the family. We're happy to do that. So there's a variety of ways of doing it. For people far from hospitals, travel time can be life-threatening. 
and distances can cause hardships for the loved ones of patients and complications for those who need follow-up care. I mentioned the irony of how much time it may take to travel the relatively few miles to reach a hospital in a nearby urban or suburban community. Oh, God bless you for saying that, because this is my mantra. Um, one of the things I've struggled with, and I've actually been to Albany a couple of times to talk about telehealth reimbursement and how we cover it, is that a lot of the legislature so far has been uh, to support telehealth in rural areas because of lack of access and distance. We want them to change it to the underserved. And underserved is a very different context. You can be in New York City and it can take you an hour to get a mile downtown. So to be able to leverage telehealth to get that care to a patient and not have to wait for them to be moved to an appropriate place can be life-saving. So we again want to want people to realize this has value no matter where you are. Not every specialty is in every hospital. Telestroke is a perfect example of that, where you may not have a specialist in stroke available at a moment's notice at all times of the day, but by leveraging the technology, now you suddenly do. More about telestroke soon. Iris says telehealth can also be a life-saving tool during natural disasters, blizzards, or other situations where travel is disrupted. In a crisis, can a distraught patient or loved one engage with a disembodied doctor? What about telebedside manner? When there's a camera on the doctor, the term is telehospitalist, physicians need not have the looks of a TV hospital heartthrob. Dr. Jatendra Gudral says looking is good, but telehealth engages senses beyond vision, a great advantage for both patient and practitioner. A lot about the skill of practicing medicine is listening to the patient, which when you are, you know, pulled in four different directions can be compromised. But when you are in front of a camera and nobody can page you, tap you, or call you, they have your undivided attention. And guess what does that to your concentration and your working abilities? You're a lot more focused on what you're doing, because you're right there. Thank you, Dr. Gudral. Let's work our way toward the hospital floor. Michael Perry is Telehealth Center nurse manager. He describes the deployment of telehealth systems at Northwell facilities. We have now 30 units across the health system. Actually, 11 of those units have AV equipment, meaning we have a monitor, we have a camera, uh, we have uh, what's called an alert button that is attached to the wall. Anytime any of the folks in those units need the assistance of a doctor, a provider, even one of us nurses, they can press that button and we can appear on screen and help them take care of the patients in those units. Our goal is to provide 24-7 care to the critically ill um, who need it, who need someone to watch over them 24-7. More with Michael Perry soon including his thoughts about the role of telehealth in keeping long-time institutions vital and for inspiring new generations of physicians, nurses, and caregivers. Hi, I'm David North, and this is Health Story. Now, let's hear from a patient and from nurses employing telehealth in Bayshore, New York, at Northwell's Southside Hospital. 
David? Yes. My name is Lynn. How are you? Oh, hi, Lynn. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm good. How thank are you, sir? I, I'm you... pleased you could make time for me. Oh. Assistant Nurse Manager Lynn Grant greeted me near Southside's busy emergency department and directed me to the bedside of Tom Marabito. Good for Tom, he was in the process of leaving. Um, so here is basically all the discharge information. Um, trying to see what it says you could do everything. Tom is 60, a Teamster, and a Bayshore resident. He says he was enjoying a sunny day at a nearby Fire Island beach when he became unconscious, and he was rushed to Southside. When he came to, despite the commotion around him, he was examined by a telehospitalist who ruled out stroke as the cause of his blackout. Tom is also a volunteer firefighter, an emergency responder, and he sees the immediate practical advantages of telehealth for his neighbors. I saw it firsthand. I've never seen it before. There's cameras everywhere now. You know, There's cameras in trucks, vehicles, police vehicles. Now, whether they can directly... You know, send it to a you know another hospital or another doctor facility, as opposed to direct on-scene action. That'd be awesome. Tom says early indications are he was overcome by heat. He looked well and strong as he discussed his experience. During our conversation, he mentioned he's the father of four sons, each at school in relatively remote areas of upstate New York and New England, and what telehealth could mean for them during a health emergency. It definitely uh, alleviate a lot of problems because they all go to you know, they all go to school elsewhere, you know, New England area, Syracuse, and it's crazy. You know, my one son has 40 minutes from a hospital, but luckily he never needed one. Yeah, I suspect they'd want the same uh, checking in on you if they were able to. It can be done. Why not? That's what it's all about, right? Back to the Southside Emergency Department, and a quick comment from nurses Lynn Grant and Joyce Muller. They agree with Tom. That's what it's all about. And it's about time. I think the patient's happy the doctor is there. Yes. There's still a human doctor on the other side of that screen. That they're getting seen in um, a timely fashion. New Tools for Tomorrow's Nurses is an exciting prospect for nurse manager Michael Perry at Syosset Hospital. I'll tell you a story. Um, my niece... Right now, she is working on becoming a nursing assistant, and she likes it, but she knows that that's not just working at the bedside isn't where she wants to end up. Um, but she's also got a huge knowledge of computers, and I mean, they, they just blow me away, my, my nieces and my nephews. And I explain what I do, and she's like, well, wow, I, I, I could see myself doing that. I mean, yes, I would want, I would want her to go my route and become a critical care nurse and really learn that hands-on and, and that touching because I think that is part and parcel to what makes a great nurse. But watching her and her friends pick up a cell phone and communicate via FaceTime, they will try anything, and they have. So it, it's, it's fantastic. By the way, the root word of fantastic is fantasy. Telehealth applications are real and helping save lives and improve the quality of many lives today. And according to Michael, telehealth is helping keep long-time community institutions viable. It's been fantastic what we've been able to do for the community hospitals, Glencoe being one of the hospitals that I grew up in, um, to be able to allow those patients and their families to stay in the community to visit their, their loved ones. 
Michael Perry, telehealth center manager. Telehealth, a vehicle to overcome some boundaries of time and space. But are insurers and health plans coming on board? Dr. Perna Prasad. I think the insurance companies are really catching up fast. It is not very expensive to deploy a telehealth uh, technology. They see the uh, advantages, not only just economical advantages, but also the patient satisfaction. This is something that is very powerful. And they all now realize that they have to ride this wave. This is a very powerful wave that is, that's going to be sustained for a very, very long time. Access, quick turnaround, and follow-up for the patients is at the forefront of this digital healthcare initiative. Thank you, Dr. Purna Prasad, Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for Northwell Health. Just as telehealth systems help overcome the obstacles of time and distance in a manner truly fantastic not long ago, Dr. Prasad described to me a world before us where existing technologies are developed and deployed for use on a molecular level. Look for our conversation in a future edition of Health Story. For more information about telehealth services, visit northwell.edu. The technical director of this edition of Health Story is Andre Doughty. I'm David North. Be well, look north.